What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verse Podcast. Uh, in this one, we're going to be talking about North Carolina versus South Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl and Clemson versus Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl. And then we get into um, some of the prospects from National Signing Day. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Breaking down the what what bowl is Clemson in? Uh, the Cheese Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that one and the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This one, this in this episode. So the Dukey uh, Bowl. Since, <laughs> since Clemson's playing on the 29th before South Carolina, we'll uh, we'll start off with Clemson. So Sam, what you got, my boy? Um, so this this is this is for Matt right here. He talked about how he wanted keys to, to every game. So I'm I'm going to start by talking about the only game I really know anything about. Um, so, you know, it feels odd to even talk about a game because I feel like the actual football game is like the last thing going on in Clemson right now. But that's, that's okay. Um, so, I mean, obviously we're going to have new coordinators on both sides of the ball. So it'll be a little bit different than, than what we're used to. Um, I really just hope, as of right now, we don't have any opt-outs. And I really just hope we actually, like, show up ready to play um, instead of everybody kind of taking a few weeks off. And then you get back in bowl prep and you realize it's not the same coaches. You just kind of don't give a shit. Because um, Iowa State's had a bunch of opt-outs, most notably Bruce Hall, um, which, honestly, he's probably worth about – five or six points on the spread by himself. So, um, but we'll see. I think, I think it's still a fairly good matchup. Um, so offensively, a couple of things. Uh, first off being, we need to start rolling the pocket. Um, DJ's got big time footwork issues um, and he's got big time mechanical issues, but I think it all starts with the fact that he's got concrete feet. So there's a, there's something that, I noticed um, over the past couple of games, and it's when he's moving to his right, he he seems to be a little bit more consistent getting his shoulders squared to the target and actually, like, pointing his feet and just throwing. Um, it's – I guess it's kind of like the whole thing I talked about with him playing faster in a two-minute situation where it's just like you don't have time to think about where your feet are and where your shoulders are pointed and where your, where your trigger foot is headed. Like, you're just you're just throwing the ball. Um, so as odd as it sounds, having him throw from a clean pocket is probably one of the worst things we could do for him right now. Um, so like I said, last couple of games, it's been something we've started to do, but against South Carolina, it's pretty glaring in the fact that you got 99 passing yards from this guy and 76 of them come on three passes where he rolls out to the right. Um, you know, the. The first one going to be it's a it's a 37 yard completion to Dakari Collins on a go route. It's really not a great throw, 
Uh, it's cover two. Dakari gets past the corner. The safety picks him up. DJ just kind of throws it up, and Dakari was able to go up and basically get a rebound. Um, so, again, not a great throw, but uh, the concept of it was still there with the crosser underneath. And then two more times um, on the final play of the first quarter, he's got Dakari Collins coming across the middle, and it's, it's a 13-yard completion. Um, and then on the last play of the third quarter, you get Will Brown on the exact same play that they ran on the crossing route to Dakari Collins, um, and he picks up 26. So that's 76 out of his 99 passing yards coming on those three plays. And what's interesting about all three of them is that they all looked exactly the same. The second two I know for a fact were the same play. Um, but they all came out of the same formation. Um, <clears throat> and all three of them, we pulled the backside guard. So uh, our left guard, Hunter Rayburn, is pulling across. And there's a couple of different reasons that that could be. One is because obviously it's a designed rollout. So you're trying to get somebody else out on the edge. Um, just have your tackle squeeze in and then the, the guards pulling around to kick out a, a linebacker or something like that. And the other option is maybe that there's a quarterback power built in behind it where DJ's rolling and he doesn't see anything. You've got a guy that's theoretically right off to your left shoulder and you can just get in behind him. Um, so it's little stuff like that that I think we need to sort of rely on because I don't think DJ's I mean, against Wake and against South Carolina, we really went run heavy. Um, so I don't think he's going to get a ton of passing attempts. So I think, you know, the 15 to 20 that, you know, he probably deserves, um, you know, we got to do some little things like rolling the pocket or pushing tempo just, just to see because, frankly, there's not a whole lot with him over the course of the season that you can look at and say, okay, well, this has consistently worked. Um, and the second thing on offense is just to continue to rely on heavy personnel. Um, the last couple of previews and recaps, I've talked about this at nauseam, really, but, um, you know, we really introduced the 12 personnel with two tight ends against Wake Forest, having the freshman Brittany Stool and, and Davis Allen both on the field. Um, and it gives us a lot of versatility because you can line up you know, have a guy at eight back or inline tight end, you're going to flex out Brennan stool a lot. Um, and you can have either of them out wide. We've seen Davis Allen flexed out in the slot. We've seen him flexed out by himself. Uh, Brennan stool, same way. A lot of it's going to be flexed out. He's even been flexed out. Um, you know, when, when you're not in bunch formations, even like by himself against the corner. Um, so little stuff like that, where you can just, you can play matchups a little bit. And I think, to be honest with you, with how thin we are at receiver, uh, we should get EJ Williams back. I'm pretty sure he'll uh, he'll start the game, probably playing the slot. Um, but you know, probably not going to have Engada. We're not going to have Justin Ross. So we're really not getting back any uh, a ton of depth at receiver. So I think having both tight ends in the game um, is going to be is going to be important. Uh, one, because they're good players, and two, just because, of, like I said, it, you can move them around, create a couple mismatches, and, and try and attack their linebackers like that because uh, they're going to run a 3-3-5. Three, three, um, I mean, they're going to – odds are they're probably going to drop eight and force us to run the ball, and uh, hopefully we can. So part of, part of that thinking is that the heavier personnel you have in, the easier it will be to try and run the football. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of that, like I said, against South Carolina, you, you know, you, you really saw – a bunch of 21 and 22 personnel with two running backs. Um, 
I can't remember a game where we've had Pace Shipley on the field at once more than you know maybe three, four, five times in a game. And against South Carolina, it was pretty much a staple. Um, we saw a couple different formations that I talked about um, in the recap. So I think stuff like that where you have have them in there together, you can run misdirections off of it. There were some triple option concepts that we didn't run, but were certainly there. Um, so I think little little wrinkles like that that Tony Elliott had started adding in the last two, three, four games of the year. Um, that's got to be that's got to be incorporated because I also think when you have Shipley in there, um, you know he came in as an all-purpose back, and we've talked about you know the supposed route running ability he has, but we haven't seen any of that, frankly. Um, and the only real, I guess, the only real memory of the season that I have of Will Shipley playing receiver is him dropping the ball against Pitt. Um, so I think when you have both of those guys in the field, you can move Shipley around. And again, he becomes like one of the tight ends where it's kind of just a little chess piece. Um, so again, getting him on linebackers and safeties is going to be going to be important if that's, you know, how we choose to attack them. Um, and I think finally with a heavier personnel, again, our offensive line has gotten a lot better. Um, and really as the heavier sets have, um, have become a part of the offense and the run game has been more, more of an emphasis, um, you know, we've, we've looked a whole lot better as an offense, you know, after, after going, <clears throat> I guess it was the first, um, first six games of the year. Obviously, you have South Carolina State in there that I'm not counting, but that's five or six games to start the year against FBS opponents where we didn't break 19 points. And our last five, we've gone over 30 um, all five times. So really just leaning on what's been working, and that's not letting DJ lose the football game for you, getting in heavy personnel and playing, you know, 2010-2011 Alabama football, um, which <clears> – <throat> You know, we're not explosive, but you got to do what you got to do to win. Um, so defensively, I think this is more where um, things kind of start to go awry for Iowa State, just because, again, when you when you lose Brees Hall, who's, I would argue, probably one of the better backs coming out in this draft class, um, you know, he's, he's a, pretty much their whole off. I don't want to say their whole offense, but he's a lot of their offense. Most of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the vast majority of it runs through him. And even even when they're not running the ball, they're running a lot of play actions and bootlegs, you know, just naked fakes from, from the quarterback. Um, so, again, a lot of it really begins and ends with Brees Hall. And I think um, I've got a couple stats. So, basically, he's – He's failed to reach 100 yards in four games against FBS opponents this year, and Iowa State's one and three in those games. Um, you know, they were somehow able to beat Iowa State with him running for like 50-something yards. Could be wrong with that. I'll have to check that. Um, but he obviously he didn't break 100, and they were able to beat Oklahoma State, who ended up being a really damn good team. Um, <clears throat> so I think the first key for the defense is forcing Brock Purdy to beat you with his arm. Um, they're 0-2 this year in games where he's had to attempt 40 or more passes, um, and those came in two of the last three games of the year. Um, he's, you know, Purdy has been really, really efficient. He's completing 73% of his passes, but he's really he's really got three guys that he throws the ball to. Um, their, their main receiver on the outside is Xavier Hutchinson. Um, he's a JUCO transfer. 
but he's had a really good year, 82 catches, 953 yards. Um, so, you know, honestly, a really good player. He's kind of a big guy, uses his body well. Um, and then they're tied in Charlie Kolar, who's a beast, um, frankly. Uh, he's got he's got almost 750 yards in the season, five touchdowns. Um, and he's, I mean, he's, he's probably the best tight end that's going to come out just from a sense of the ability to block, be an inline tight end, flex out, run routes. He's got good hands. You know, he's not a uh, he's not a Darren Waller or Kelsey type guy, but he's a very very good all around player. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, just those two, Hutchinson and Kolar, that's forty eight percent of all of the completions for Brock Purdy. So that's half of where the ball is going, and fifty two percent of the total receiving yardage for the whole team are in those two guys. So that's the vast majority of their production. Like I said, you add in Brees Hall, that goes up to 61% of team receptions and team yardage. So you've got three guys that are accounting for two-thirds of the offense, basically, um, in the passing game. And then obviously Brees Hall's chewing up all of it as a running back because he's getting all of the carries, um, which is an interesting side note because now that he's out, you look at their backup, um, Jareel Brock, and he's played in every single game thus far, but he's only got 23 carries for 132 yards. And he's got one touchdown. Um, so Brees Hall has accounted for 85% of their running back carries. Uh, they've got four running backs that have carried the ball, and he's got 253 of the 296 carries for running backs. Um, so basically behind uh, Brock, you've got a pair of true freshmen who both have already played in their four-game maximum. Um, so basically if they want to have a backup running back, that's worth having on the field, they're going to have to burn one, if not both of their red shirts, because uh, behind them, they have a combination of walk on guys who all have combined for, uh, zero career stats. So obviously the fact that Brees Hall is not playing should theoretically make it a whole lot easier on our defense to force Brock Purdy to beat us with his arm. Um, and I think once, once you force a team like Iowa State that's heavy on 12 personnel with two tight ends in the game, once you force a team like that to try and drop back and throw, um, you start opening up yourself for us to, to get more aggressive and, and start blitzing and stuff like that. So with Brees Hall not in the game, it really takes a lot of the – it takes a lot of the flair out of their offense. Um, so, I mean, that's not to say that the this Jareel Brock guy is a, a scrub. Because, honestly, we don't know. He's the same age as Brees Hall. He came in um, the 2019 recruiting class, and he's really just always been the backup. Um, so, again, I think I think it'll be an interesting game. I think right now Clemson's um, in Vegas as a one-point favorite. Um, I would have to lean on the – to be cautious, I would probably say this is a, another low-scoring game. I don't think we get to 30. Um, I hope we do, but I would, I would, I would, I mean, if I had to put a score on this game, I guess I don't have to, but I'm going to anyway, I'd probably go close in, you know, 27, 14 or something. I just really don't see Iowa state putting together a ton of drives. I realize Brent Venables isn't there calling plays, but it's still going to be the same 15 to 20 guys rotating in on defense and they're still really good players. Um, and I think, again, 
we have we have a lot of uh, experience on our defense right now. So it's I don't want to say that Venable's play calling is expendable because that's absolutely not true. Um, but I think the and in terms of a short term view, the defense is much more ready made for somebody else to take over than the offense. So um, I'll be interested to see kind of how Brandon Streeter goes about it, how aggressive we are on offense, if we do anything different. Um, but really, I think it's such short term. You have four weeks between, you know, the last game and this one. And you're talking about, I guess, two, two and a half weeks of practice with with new coordinators. I I really don't expect to see a whole lot, but it'll be a it'll be an interesting audition for for both of our coordinators for sure. Do you all have any uh, doubts that we don't know? As of right now, no. Um, Just to be honest with you. Yeah, obviously the guys that are Mm -hmm. trans, you know, so it creates a little bit of a hairy situation at quarterback. But again, at this point, I don't know what the real margin between DJ and a walk-on is, Um, (laughs) which is sad to say, but I, you know. And then at receiver, again, Ladson's been hurt. He's gone to Joe's played sparingly uh, since the pit game. I'm pretty sure he had a, a catch against South Carolina and, and and played a little bit, but I don't think any of the guys that have transferred were going to be involved in the game plan anyway. Um, but as of right now, no opt-outs. Kind of wouldn't be surprised had Andrew Booth come out and said that he was opting out, but he's been practicing all week. So, um, you know, which is which is always nice to see. You don't want your – which is, again, I think the fact that Clemson is not in the playoff, I was really worried about the fact that, you know, you have kind of a down year. You have all the coachings, coaches leaving. There's just so much in flux that now would be a really easy time to just kind of say, fuck it, you know. So for guys like Booth, and I think Booth is probably going to be a first rounder. So for a guy like him not to opt out, you know, fingers crossed he doesn't between now and then. But I think that's, I think that's a really good sign of kind of the fact that our team is still together um, in some respects. So we'll see, though. I could easily see us coming out and playing extremely flat, and that's kind of what I'm worried about more so than anything. Yeah, it would have been way more interesting if Brees Hall didn't um, opt out. Oh, and it kind of sucks because, I mean, not that he hasn't played against good defenses, but this is this is your last ride against you know against what you could argue would be the best defense you've seen all year. I get Oklahoma State's really good. Baylor has a good defense. It's not like he hasn't seen anybody, but this is this is again he doesn't need it. I mean the stats and the tape speak for itself, but he's the main attraction for that team. So the fact that he's not playing is kind of shitty. Kind of like Kenny Pickett. I mean, like you're, you are your team's offense to an extent, and you just dip. Like I, I mean, it's hard to blame him, but at the same time, as a fan, it's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. But that's just where we are. I mean, if you're not in the playoff, you're, you're bound to have guys opt out. It's just, it's just the nature of it. It sucks. Yeah, it, I mean it. Again, I I understand games, not wanting to risk it in the freaking cheese it bowl, but again, you've been risking it all year. <laughs> that's that's my thing. 
you've already played in how many games? 30-something games. So why not why not strap it in one last time if you're gonna do it? Which again, yeah. I think part of that's part of why I respect the fact that nobody on our team has opted out. Because again, this is the last time you're if you're leaving to go to the NFL, like this is the last time you're ever gonna have a chance to play in college. Like that's you know, I guess from my my perspective, that would be that would be something you'd you'd want to go out there and, and just go crazy one last time. Absolutely. But, some of these games can be like some of these matchups are, are really good, and then people opt out, and you're like, "Well, that's not going to be yeah. fun to watch anymore." Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I like I said with Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's not there. He's he's literally the the motor of Pitt's whole team. So now you have Pitt playing. I don't even know who Pitt plays. Who they're playing? Michigan State. Yeah, and Walker opted out too. Right again. It's, it's just going to be the, the shell of the two teams playing against each other. Yeah. It's just like Florida last year. Yeah. You, know, you get you get beat by Bama in a game that you kept close, and Kyle Trask is the only viable player that stayed to play the last game. Kyle Pitts was opted out. I mean, they had a couple of other receivers. Tony said he wasn't playing. A bunch of guys on defense that sucked anyway. Like, <laughs> it just – it just really makes it shitty because you see all these, all these other teams that are like six and six, like the group of five teams. You know they go out there and they play the bowl game because that's like their Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. The New Year Six, which is supposed to be the best games, that obviously everybody can't make a fourteen playoff, and then you just everybody's just a shell of their team. But I don't know how you fix that though. You don't, because again. Like, if I'm Kenny Pickett, like, do you have anything to prove by going out and playing against a Michigan State secondary that's not that great? No. Like, if you're Brees Hall, if you go out there against Clemson and you have fucking 20 carries for 55 yards against Clemson, does it hurt you? No, but it, like, it doesn't, it doesn't move the needle. Right. Which you could also argue is why you should play. Because, again, you're not going to make or break your, your draft on – spraining your ankle in the cheese it bowl or having a bad game or running for 500 yards. I mean, it just – it just is yeah. what it is. But it it sucks because it takes away from what, like Vinny said, what would be really good matchups. Yeah. Which is exciting because, I mean, you know, we don't ever get to play teams like Iowa State. Yeah, exactly. we don't, yeah, We don't yeah. schedule Big 12 teams. Obviously, when you get in the playoff, you see the same few faces. Obviously, this year is a little different. Um, but <clears> – <throat> It's nice to play a different a different team and you don't get to see them at full strength. Yeah. But hey, I'd rather win. That's so true. When their best players out, that's I'm okay with it and in, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. The cheese it bowl for you. Is there gonna be a cheese it bowl? Um, you know, I guess it was maybe it was 2019, the Cheese Bowl. I can't remember who played. It was TCU and somebody else, and they had they combined for like nine interceptions. Um, it's like a, a record for most. I think yeah, I think I remember that game. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. Um, so I'm I'm kind of thinking DJ might leave his mark that way um, <laughs> and get a get a Cheese It bath. I don't know. Um. I don't know. It's 
it's really weird to be playing in the cheese it bowl. Like, who wants to play in the cheese it bowl? Like, this used to be like Orlando used to be like the Russell Athletic Bowl, Champ Sports Bowl. Like, there was a couple of like names for it that were way cooler than the cheese it bowl. Yeah. Well, we got the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of them like that. You got I don't know if that's better bowl. or worse, or, but weird nonetheless. They both kind of suck. Yeah, weird nonetheless. Um, I guess I can get into this game. Uh, the day after Clemson's game, uh, December 30th at 11.30 a.m., which really sucks, um, in Charlotte against North Carolina, which is interesting because, you know, the beginning of um, Mac Brown's new era at, at North Carolina and the beginning of Sam Howell's career, uh, started off in Charlotte against the Gamecocks as well, which obviously they won. Um, Jake Bentley broke his foot. The rest of that season was was history for for South Carolina. But um, we get them back there again in Sam Howell's last game now. Um, so that'll be cool. But speaking of opt-outs, UNC only has one, one opt-out. It was a corner, Kyler McMichael. I don't even know if the dude starts or not. He doesn't have many stats. I know they have Storm Duck and Tony Grimes out at corner. Um, I don't know if Storm Duck starts He's, or not. Um, yeah, Storm Storm Duck yeah. and Grimes are the starters. McMichael's played a good bit of corner. When he has played, a lot of it's been nickel. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, he was at Clemson and transferred and then hasn't done anything at UNC, so now he's back in the portal. Classic. Oh, he's in the portal? Yeah. I thought he was going to the draft. I he was in the portal. I could be wrong, dude. If he's going to the draft, he's stupider than I thought. That's what I saw, but that might not be true. Um, but anyways, either way, no, you... he's – Am I right? No, I think you're right. Yeah, that, I thought I, I, thought I read Twitter that. Right I thought I read that. But anyways, uh, South Carolina is missing some big pieces. That opted out, unfortunately. J.J. Inubare, uh, the top defensive end, he might be, probably be a first-rounder. We'll see. Depends on how everything shakes out. And then uh, Zaquandre White is also foregoing this game to prepare for the NFL draft. And then Jason Brown entered the portal um, after the Spencer Rattler news, so he will also not be playing in this game. Um, I kind of wish he would have just stayed for the game and then – transferred out I mean it couldn't hurt to get more stats and another thing that's really interesting is I've seen like three or four different guys that are in the portal but are gonna play in their team's bowl game so I like thought you, you said, couldn't I thought you couldn't do that <clears throat> oh you definitely can it's, it's strange I've never heard of it before so I don't know if that's like a new thing but that's weird there's a few guys I've seen that are that are gonna do it so it like you said I mean what's Jason Brown gonna do Go home and like work out in the gym. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It can't hurt. I mean, he doesn't, tape, dude. That's he doesn't have that much on tape anyway. So you might as well go out there and try to ball out for another game and get see, just show other teams that you can do it. I don't know where he's gonna go. And that's you know? the other thing. He could easily end up. I mean, honestly, he probably will end up back SCS because he's not. He doesn't have enough tape to have stayed at a power five level. That's, yeah, exactly. So it's like, dude, this might be the last opportunity you have to start anywhere. Yeah, at, yeah, especially in the SEC. Um, but anyways, yeah, but whatever. Those those hurt pretty bad. Uh, two key pieces on offense. Uh, 
And then obviously JJ Nwari, probably the best best player on defense on the whole defense, if not the whole team. Um, but yeah, UNC is a good team and they will score a lot of points on you if you let them. Um, offensively, they they like to spread you out. Um, you know, three receivers, one tight end, but the tight end, he doesn't really play, he's not really an inline tight end. He's more of a receiving guy. Um uh, Josh Downs is their guy out wide. Uh, carries most of the load. Um, they'll take shots down the sideline to their big receiver, uh, Antoine Green. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but really, Josh Downs is a guy they hit on screens. He'll take the top off the defense. He'll do pretty much everything. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me, but they've been pretty good. Um, yeah, his stats are pretty solid. Yeah, we – we play a lot of man coverage, um, and they like to throw one-on-one balls to the sideline. So you can expect a lot of 50-50 balls um, in this game. So, you know, a big key would be hoping to win more of those than you lose. Um, and then the, uh, they have some good running backs, um, whatever his name. Hold up. I need to pull up their stats real quick. Um, yeah, Ty Chandler. Gone over a thousand yards this season. He's got 13 touchdowns. Um, I watched a few condensed games of them, and and they hit a, a lot of big runs on pin and pull techniques, um, where they pull their center and their left tackle, or you know the opposite tackle of where they're running the ball to, whichever tackle that may be. Um, and they they spring a lot of those out wide because obviously the, that kind of technique. Um, you know, gives you a numbers advantage when you got two big old linemen running downfield in front of the running back, but it is easier to spot if your linebackers, you know, know what they're looking for. So that's just kind of about getting off blocks there. Um, you know, they obviously they run um, zone blocking schemes and stuff like that, but I just, just in the few games I watched, they popped a bunch of runs uh, using that pin and pull. So that'll be something to look out for. And then Sam Howell has run an absolute shit ton this year. He has, he's carried the ball 170 times for 825 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, those are running back numbers, dude. Like, those, that's better numbers than any of South Carolina's running backs. That's more carries and more yards than, than any of them. Um, the, the amount of carries is what's so interesting about it. Because in, in past years, he hasn't – I mean, he has run. But he's like – He's doubled up. He's doubled up. Yeah, he's like doubled up the carries from uh, the past two years this year. I mean that they lost two really good running backs and they lost um, some good receivers. I mean, at least one of them with him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he does it well too. They do a lot of design runs, um, obviously, but he also just is really good at navigating the pocket and finding lanes to scramble when there's nothing downfield. Because you know, again, they lost a lot of talent. They have Josh Downs out there, but I mean, they can't get it to him every single time. Um, so, you know, I mean, QB scramble is something that a lot of teams struggle. Most teams struggle with. It's a hard thing to cover because, I mean, it just, it's just, it's hard to cover unless you put a linebacker spy on them and then you got to hope the linebacker is more athletic than the quarterback and, you know, gets, gets all down to it. But, um, that's going to be a difficult thing to stop. Um, but, you know, I feel good about our defense. They've, Played well all year. Um, again, we play a lot of man, and and I like our corners one on one down the sideline. Um, uh, but yeah, we just can't get 
beat over the top that much. I mean, just watching their condensed games, it, it obviously shows like the highlight, the more high, like um, bigger plays of the game or whatever. And it's just Sam Howell throwing it down the sideline, like just constantly, like every other play, just lining up four wide and just throwing it down the sideline. Um, but anyways, offensively for South Carolina, obviously, like we talked about, Jason Brown's out. So that means old Zeb Nolan gets to gets to strap it up one last time and start. Um, Hell yeah. He's not opting out. No, he's definitely not opting out. Um but, you know, Jason Brown wasn't mobile, but he was mobile enough to kind of – to extend some plays, you know, enough. Um, but you can't say the same about Zeb. Um, <laughs> you know, when he has time in the pocket, he can deliver the football. You know, he's, he's not terrible at doing that, obviously. But, I mean, if the pocket collapses, you're not going to see him um, galloping out of there. Um, and then, obviously, Zaquandre White opting out uh, – hurts the running back room because he was probably the most productive one in there. Um, but we still do still have Kevin Harris, Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell. Um, why does the con, why did he uh, opt out? I'm honestly not really sure. I mean, he's going in the draft. Oh, um, okay. So he is going in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it couldn't hurt to put up more tape for him either. Um, Again, who, who's, who's advising this? Tyler McMichael going to the like that's what I'm I've, I don't know. What are y'all doing? I've I've no idea. But hopefully the other three running backs can can make up for it. Um because the running back, I mean the running game makes or breaks South Carolina this season, obviously, because we've played just anybody at quarterback that, that can strap on pads, <laughs> apparently. Um when we've run the ball well, uh we've we win the game. When we don't run the ball well, we lose the game. Um so, I mean, this game is probably going to come down to South Carolina's offensive line. You know, if we can't block for Zeb, if we can't give him a clean pocket and enough time to deliver the ball, um, and if we can't block for the running game, we'll probably get embarrassed, honestly, because the defense can only hold up for so long. Um, you know, like I said, defense is going to come out, do what they do. Um, they have been all season. But, like, if, if you don't have any, like, offensive output at all, they're just – I mean, if they're on the field for 75% of the game, you can't expect them to not give up 30 points. Um, but, you know, J.J.'s out. You got Jordan Birch behind him and Jordan Strong behind him. So that's – I mean, they're both really good players anyways. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to come down to South Carolina's offense versus North Carolina's defense because, you know, North Carolina's defense isn't – they're fine. They're, they're okay, but they're not anything spectacular. Um, so – I mean, we'll see. It's good that Josh Van's there because we're probably going to throw him the ball 15 times. As you should. And also both coaches have agreed to a, a mayonnaise bath after if they if their team wins. So that's something to keep an Are eye you serious? on. Yeah. Oh. Like a like a Gatorade bath, but mayo. So yeah, that's disgusting. So that'll be that'll be Repulsive. something that'll be something to look out for. Um but yeah, I mean, it's going to be. Do you even want to win if that's what you get? Like, yeah. do you throw the game to avoid no. freaking? Dude, if we can win this, mayo? if we can win this game with Zeb Nolan out there, man, it'd be nuts. Because UNC is a good team, and you know we have a lot of trouble on offense. And now Jason Brown, who not like he lit it up on the stat sheet, but he was at least 
you know, navigating the offense pretty well. He's gone. I don't even – I mean, we got Colton Gothier as our backup, and I've no – I don't even know if he, he can play. Start. I don't even know if he can play football. <laughs> We're not really sure about that. It's on scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. We need a score prediction. I honestly, I have no idea. Dude, it's been so long. I don't even. Got I have no idea what team, which team is going to come out. I mean, you've seen them. You've seen them twelve times. I'll go. You know what? I'm going to go twenty-seven, twenty-three, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love it. As a Clemson fan, I don't know if I should say this, but I kind of hope y'all win just because North Carolina recruiting well and, like, not being awful is kind of depressing to me. So yeah, It would be it would just be a great way to send – I mean, Sam, you know, no offense to Sam Howell. I don't have any beef with him, but send him out with a loss. Send Zeb off, really. Well, send – yeah, send Zeb off with a win. He was probably just going to hop right back into the into – the, uh, coaching or onto the coaching staff, but Sam Howell beat us in his first game as freshman year in Charlotte. So it'd be nice to pay him back with a loss in the last game, senior year or not senior year, but in his last game. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> All right, boys, what's the next? What's the next topic here? Do we want to talk signing me. day? We want to talk signing day. Is that where we want? Where we want to go with it? I mean, Devinny hadn't said much, so that would really segue nicely into him talking. You want me to just go into uh, who we got? Yeah, talk to. I think, a, in a, talk I think to briefly us. you could just say that y'all got everybody that A and M and Bama didn't get, and then vice versa. Right, and then everybody else got a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> A&M's throwing out bags this year, boy. They ain't playing. Yeah, and they, they're did, not trying to hide it. They're not trying to, like, say, oh, well, these are, like, legit uh, NIL deal. Like, they're – Yeah, they're we're paying them. We're, yeah, we're paying them. There's a lot of money flowing. Yeah, so just to give a recap about signing day, the top three is A&M, Alabama, and Georgia in the rankings right now. A&M has 27 signees. Three five stars, twenty four stars. Um, Bama only has, only has one five star so far. I'm sure they'll add one or two. Um, come the All American A and M's about to add two more. Yeah, they're probably what add two what more five two. stars are unsigned. A and M's um, already they've already said Harold Perkins is signing. Like it's just a foregone conclusion. I guess Denver Harris got added yesterday or Saturday. Might be the only, the only two left. Yeah, Her- yeah, Harold Perkins, um, Jacoby Matthews. Yeah, and we'll probably get him. There's no, uh, no, yeah, there's not the only two five stars left. <laughs> yeah, wow, so I'm getting both of them. <laughs> Jesus, dude. And then she don't Stewart. care. Didn't I, didn't I see Shamar Stewart, uh, A&M? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah future did. cast? Yep. He's a four-star. 
that's the thing about A&M, though. They have so many four-stars that are, like, ranked, like, top 50 in the country. Yeah. He's that's the thing. Good. It's crazy, though, because they're doing all this just to go nine and three. Yeah. It's unreal. <laughs> but. Oh, man. You, I mean, you can't, you can't fault him for trying, I guess. I mean, it's legal. Do what you got to do. Yeah, for real, dude. Yeah. Devin, if you want to just talk, if there's any, like, if there's any people that y'all saw that you want to talk about that, like, Um, stick out to you, go for it. Yeah, I'll start off with the uh, dump truck uh, and running back. (laughs) Branson Robinson. Um, The only explanation for how he plays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to see how he ends up. Uh, This is right now he's – He's looking like a stud, but you know. Right now, he looks like a better Nick Chubb. Yeah, he looks like Nick Nick Chubb with healthy knees. Yeah, he reminds me of Nick Chubb. Um, Comparison. That's a hell of a comparison, but hopefully, he just doesn't tear his knees up like Zamir did when he got here. Zamir Um, ended strong, though. Yeah. He did. He did what he needed to do to get drafted. Not high, That's but true. he did. He did Great. what he needed to do. Um, who else? Uh, Michael Williams, um, five-star defensive end. I think he's gonna be a stud. Um, Six five, two sixty. It's a big boy. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sold on Keaton Alexander yet. That's Big Bear, isn't it? Big yeah. Bear Alexander, defensive tackle, 320 pounds. <laughs> That's Jordan Davis' little cousin. 6'4", <laughs> <laughs> 320. Um, I'm not sold on him yet, but, you know, he's a five-star, so I mean, he's got to be good for something, right? Um, what is he, like, top ten in the country? So, uh, But that's the thing about defensive tackles. You just find the biggest, most athletic one you can put five yeah. stars next to his name and sign him up. Yeah, yeah, he's he's number nine right now in the top 250. Is that know. good? Jaheim Singletary, he's probably oh. going to come in and play as a freshman, to be honest with you. Who – wait, um, so y'all got – oh, DK's leaving. You think he's going to yeah, fill in right there? Because yeah, Keely and him are Lassiter, honestly. Him, Keely Lassiter, will lock him down. Him, Lasseter, and Kimber will probably be going on it. You don't you don't think nylon BB guns gonna do it? <laughs> he, I mean, dude, we got a lot of young guys at DB right now. So I mean, shoot, Keely can I don't know. I mean, you, I wouldn't even say his spot's guaranteed, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so which I mean, I think he should have it, but you never know. Um, yeah, that that next DB spot. Well, this is in quarterbacks, so we know Kirby will put the best guy on the field. Exactly. Yeah. Defense, which Ringo I, is. Defense, I'm not worried about, <clears throat> except the Alabama game. I don't know why. You know, he did what he did at Star, but, you know, I've already gone off on that tangent. I won't go back to it. Um, yeah, he usually starts the best guy. Um, Unless it's William Poole. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that was the uh, 
for the listeners out there. That's what I was talking about, Alabama game. But yeah. Um, well, they heard. They definitely listened. <sighs> Those two guys stick out to me the most. Gunner is uh, got a little Tebow esque in him. He's low, yeah. He just reminds me so much of Sam Howell. That's really that's, what, that's, that's what I think of. It's the same mold, bro. It's the Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell. Um, um, what's his name from Texas? Ellinger. Yeah, Ellinger. It's all that little, like, short, stocky, same same mold of quarterback. Shouldn't that I great would, value, Tebow. Yeah. He, he He's not afraid to – I watched – a good amount of tape on him. Granted, he was playing same, you know, bro. To a, to a high school ball. Um, <laughs> he wasn't afraid to take a hit. Like he was lowering his shoulder and running through guys. So oh yeah, he, dude, he runs through people. He run, he's a hard runner, so we'll see. I mean, there's no telling what our quarterback room is going to look like three months from now. So Stetson, I mean, if he's good, Stetson he's not the front, never going to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him. If Stetson comes back, I think. Like half the room's gonna transfer, and I don't blame them. So, um, yeah, because they they all know they're not good enough to beat him out. Yeah, exactly, dude. The goat. Yeah, for real. I haven't watched uh, any tape on Alu Ba. Have you, uh, Sam? I mean, since he was, I did when he was committed to uh, to Florida State, or I guess was he committed to Florida State, or was he just like. Either way, even, he was connected even... to Florida State. <clears throat> I, I looked at him a little bit. Basically, what you see is he's massive. Just, and um, just throws his people feet, around. Yeah, his his feet are okay. Um, just like with any high school offensive lineman, the technique is awful. Yeah. I mean, like, really it's like, bad. It's like but then not again, even worth you have, watching you have Julian Monte. Armella, who – yeah, Armel is a five star. I think he's like the number one or number two tackle in the country, and he is absolutely atrocious trying to block people. Like actually block people, it's atrocious. So I mean, yeah, if you, you all... watch him get in the pass set, and it looks like he's having a small lower body seizure, and then he just <laughs> throws it, and then he just throws his hands at somebody. Yeah, now, that's all I need to do, though. They're so big. Yeah, exactly. When you weigh two hundred ninety pounds in high school, if you touch him, he guess what? You're both going to the ground. It's a yeah. pancake. So it's yeah, kind of like, like you do that, you do that to Will Anderson, and he's gonna put you on a t-shirt. <laughs> and then he's gonna put your quarterback on a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like offensive line recruiting is just like, I'm gonna get this really big dude and hope that I can teach him the right footwork. Again, yeah. you get him as it's like defensive tackle. You get him as big and athletic as you can find it, and you just you just take a shot. Yeah. Because I mean, um, you, you that's a prerequisite. You literally have to be big. We yeah. can't make a good offensive lineman out of somebody that's six foot, two hundred and fifty exactly. pounds. No matter yeah. how how good they are technically, right? Yeah, that, that's the one position you can't have someone undersized besides center, obviously. But then again, yeah, the center, center, center you can get away with it a little bit, but yeah, and that's like oh, even saying get away then, with it, it's like six two. <laughs> but even but the thing is, is Clemson's the guy that's been playing center for us the last five games is probably one of our more technically sound offensive linemen, but he weighs 280 pounds. And yeah. we purposely moved our left guard to center uh, because of some motherfucker named Jordan Davis. Like, we can't put 280 pounds against him because he's he gives hey, we're giving up 100 pounds to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not that it worked, but, you know, yeah. at least they tried. 
But getting back to him, he was an IMG guy, so I didn't know because y'all had a lot of IMG kids committed to y'all um, for a minute. No, there. I, yeah, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of IMG that was committed to Clemson, uh, Dalen Everett. Um, I like his frame. Um, yeah, he's he's really long and he's yeah. really freaking fast. If that's that's kinda, exactly what you want. I guess <laughs> this is this is gonna sound so bad because he decommitted from us, but it's one of those things where like obviously he's a really good player, but he's so stiff. He kind of I don't even know if I have a really good comparison for him because he's he's so big. He's like six two, six three. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like he's obviously not not gonna be super quick with his hips to flip around, but IMG is weird because their yeah. team means nothing. Like you're playing regular high say. schools with NFL. Like, bro, you have you have a whole Power Five roster. You, never, you <laughs> like, never know. You never know with those IMG kids. They either turn out to be what they were or just complete bust. And and what's what's interesting about that is because obviously we had three IMG defections in three days, um, and somebody was going back through and basically talking about like, we should never recruit IMG again because, you know, here's the list of all the players that we signed from there and none of them lived up to what they were. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's, mm-hmm. that's what I've been Thomas thinking about dude, is how many players actually Smith, live up. Smith was, he, yeah. Shaq Smith was, a, was like a top 15 player in the country. And he, dude, he never started for us, went to Maryland and couldn't start. He was awful football. And then you have guys like Mike Jones Jr. that were good players for us, goes to LSU and played – he had like five tackles on the year and he didn't play at all. Yeah. So it's like you have all these guys that are, are hyped up and then the hit rate on IMG guys, I would be really curious to see across – has to be low. Dude, I'm just thinking of all the IMG guys bunch of I can think about mm-hmm. off the top of my head. We need to – There's a decent amount to, of Georgia. Oh, I'm going to go back. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm saying I'm going to go back to – We'll I mean, Nolan gonna... Smith is the one I can think of off the top of my head that's Lavosia a good player Corral, for IMG. Carroll or whatever was a running back, four-star running back. He switched. He's like the eighth-string corner now. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac Nada back in the day uh, was an he, IMG tight end, five-star, yeah. and he was not good. No. He was a big recruit, hyped mm-hmm. up. Um, he was, he was actually – he was so hard at Buford, though. And then they found out he was transferring to IMG, and they sat him for, like, the last half of his junior year, which <laughs> I think is awesome. I do, too. Um, let's see. 2018, we didn't have After anybody. Buford recruited him. <laughs> That's what's so funny about it. I'm just trying to go. I don't remember some things where they came from. Um I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what, maybe that's what we'll talk about next week or like yeah. after the season. Yeah, we'll, over. Fit, we'll, we'll try just, to. We'll, we'll just, we'll literally go through every five star that's ever come out of IMG and yeah. see if they were worth fun. Because yeah. we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to effort those numbers and, and see the hit rate. Um, but I, I mean, guess, so I guess. Uh, go ahead. Um, but yeah, when uh, just the overall um, review of the class. Um, I don't know if Kirby um, is still adapting. Yeah, and you can kind of see it in this recruiting class. 
Um, I think we had, uh, let's see here. I think, I think almost like 15 guys were on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, y'all are just stacking that thing up again. Y'all are also about to lose your entire – y'all are going to lose like eight guys off starting defense at the NFL. At the, yeah. And I don't even know what's going to be for any guys like I'm your speed. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, we're gonna lose a lot, but um, yeah, well, yeah. there's another, a couple guys that are already practicing for the bowl game too, like Oscar Delp. That's all that was always nice when you get early enrollees and you can just like have them out there if you win the semifinal game at practice. It's kind of yeah. like, hey, we can't, we can't use you, but you know, get in here, yeah. Well, another would, good, Georgia another probably good put him on the Georgia. field, probably they don't need to, but. No, bro, it was um, terrible. We only got third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is pretty bad. I guess we can go in pathetic in order of, you know, where they were ranked. So, Georgia was third. You know, South Carolina's 21st. Clemson's third. Y'all dropped to 37. Why? How'd y'all drop to 37? Did they take Canick off there? Oh, they must have. That's, that's, that would be my guess as to how we, Georgia Tech's right on his tail. I mean, it is what it is, bro. We we signed ten position players. <clears throat> yeah, you know that'll mm. do it. All right, um, South Carolina's recruiting class. Um, we got twenty-two guys, mostly on defense. Um, sort of like what Davini was talking. Obviously, not at the level of Georgia, but uh, we just got a bunch of guys on defense because we needed to load up in the secondary. Um, and then, you know, we got guys like J.J. Gambari leaving. Zach Pickens could leave. He probably won't. But, um, you know, uh, Jabari Ellis is leaving. He's a super senior. So, trying to reload up there. Um, let's see. Who – I guess the recent – the most recent signee, uh, Tanner Bailey, four-star quarterback out of Alabama. He was kind of a surprise commit. He was a guy that was high on the board early in the season. Um, it was looking like we had a we were we had a good chance at him, and then he committed to Oregon. You know, obviously Oregon lost their head coach, um, so he decommitted, and then kind of just secretly signed to South Carolina. So that makes two quarterbacks in the class, um, him, and then um, what's his name, um, Braden Davis. Davis. Yeah, Braden Davis from Delaware. It's good that you forgot it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Tanner Bailey's, in my opinion, the better prospect of the two, the more ready. Um, Braden Davis is more of a project. He's six, 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 He's listed at 6'6", 190, so he's got a big frame. Um, you know, he's more, he's more of a project guy, though. Um, so it's good to have Tanner Bailey in, who can, who's a guy that can, you know, help potentially next year after Spencer Rattler leaves. Um, let's see, DB. Um, Anthony Rose, Emory Floyd, and Keenan Nelson are all all three DBs, all four stars, and all guys that can play cornerback, um, which is good. Anthony Rose is 6'3", 190. Um, so he could be – he might be more of a safety. Um, but he plays a lot of 
corner right now in high school uh, and at camps. He's, I mean, he's, he's a hell of a player, probably my favorite player in the class, to be honest, him or Landon Sampson, but um, Emory Floyd's another guy, 6'1", 170 um, out of Georgia. He's a four-star guy. Um, he, him and Keenan Nelson, uh, both corners that could probably come in and help right away, depending on um, what happens in the, in the defensive back room. Um, and then I mentioned so, so basically, basically great job, Torian Gray. Yeah, Torian Gray is going crazy. Um, <laughs> I mentioned him a second ago, but Landon Sampson is a wide receiver out of Texas, really crisp route runner. Um, he's got, you know, apparently real coach on the field type, lunch fail <laughs> guy, real glue. Apparently, apparently he runs sub four five forty. Um, so that plus crisp routes, he's got good hands. Um, so he's he's a guy that. Beamer said in a press conference he's going to catch a million balls before he leaves South Carolina. So, um, yeah, so he could be a guy that comes in and, and makes an immediate impact since, you know, obviously our receiver room isn't the best right now. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Nick Imanwari is a three-star guy out of South Carolina. He's a, you know, in-state kid, 6'4", 200, plays linebacker, plays safety, uh, rushes the rushes the passer um he's a guy that can do it all he's kind of a, a swiss army knife um some of the he coaches yeah um some some high school coaches have compared him to um kind of how clemson used isaiah simmons just like a hybrid role i mean not he not comparing him to i just like how he plays that role um, that's okay that's what clemson tells every big safety they've ever recruited um, but yeah, apparently, apparently you got, you know, the coaches of all three levels, you got Torian Gray, um, Mike Peterson and, and, um, linebackers coach slipping my, my mind right now, but they're all fighting over, uh, where they want to play him. So he's just kind of a, a guy that they can put anywhere. He had a trillion tackles this year, his senior year. Um, so, oh, yeah. so could, could come in and then make a difference. Who knows? And then another guy. Actually, I guess two. I keep seeing guys and want to say something about him. But DeAndre Martin, he's actually a two-star kid, defensive tackle out of Virginia. He's six foot. See the Virginia Tech flip? Yeah, he's. I, I saw. I watched him. He's actually not bad. I saw six foot six earlier, but on Rivals, he's listed at six five, two eighty five, um, and apparently two three years ago he was six two one eighty wide receiver. Um, so he's just grown a substantial amount he's still coming in you know he's still figuring out how to how to you know play defensive tackle and all which is I think a reason he was so under recruited and um is only two stars yeah, but but I think he's got a really big upsize he's obviously huge he's really athletic um, that's yeah I mean, athletic he, he, his get off is quick yeah I mean he used to be he was literally playing he was a receiver a couple of years ago so he's I mean maybe he's a more of a project guy but I've heard a lot of good things about him um, so that'll be interesting. Again, you take, you take big and athletic. Yeah, all day, exactly. Day. Exactly. And then Xavier short is a wide receiver, another in-state kid. Um, interesting take. He's, he's a kid that, uh, always wanted to go to South Carolina and he never got, or he hadn't got the offer yet. And we finally offered him and he flipped from Appalachian state, but, um, he's a guy that, could play, you know, the tight end H-back role or it could be a wide receiver. I don't know necessarily how fast he is. Um, but apparently, Shane, after, you know, every Friday night or Saturday morning, 
he would get calls from coaches that just played against uh, Xavier Short's team saying pretty much that Beamer's an idiot for not offering him yet because um, he's one of the best players in the state. So it'll be interesting. I don't know if he'll be any good, but it's, I, I thought it was worth mentioning that um, he's a kid that could come out of nowhere because, um, I mean, he is a two-star, but we'll see. Uh, overall, I think it was a good class. Oh, I forgot to mention Stone Blanton, <clears throat> big old thumper, linebacker. Um, that was a big All name team. Yeah, that was a big pickup out of Mississippi, uh, 6'3", 215. He, he looks a little bit bigger than 215. He's also going to play on the baseball team. Uh, apparently, he hits absolute bombs. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I I like the class. We're, I think, number 21 right now in the team recruiting rankings, which is pretty good for, for Beamer's first legit class. Um, so, yeah, and that doesn't include Spencer Rattler and, uh, and Stogner in it. So, um, class is probably a little bit better. But. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Well, I I would How say I'm not. Sam? I would say I'm not happy, but at the same time, it's kind of like we didn't get a whole lot of people, but the ones that we did get are all really good. So, you know, it's it's disappointing to have four four stars um, bail after Brent Venables left, um, but. You know, my thinking is, is they're going to be gone in two years anyway, just like last week. If if it doesn't work out, they're going to be gone anyway. So, True. um, True. you know, it, it really just hurts us from a number standpoint. I mean, obviously, all four of them were good players. Um, but I like looking at Jaron Canick, like we don't really know exactly what he's going to play. He's going to have to be an athletic linebacker coming from high school where he plays quarterback and running back and defense. Like he doesn't really have a position, so you gotta you gotta plug him in there and let him learn. So I don't think he's an immediate impact guy. I don't think um, I don't think Everett was probably an immediate impact guy, um, just because it's it's very rare for corners to come in and start immediately. Um, I mean, same could be said with Campbell because he's he's playing defensive end, but he's I mean, as of right now, as far as I know, he's like two twenty five, two thirty. So he's kind of an edge linebacker don't really know what position he's going to play, but defensive end is a big need for us. So the fact that he left sucks from a number standpoint, but again, not sure he or Saab are going to plug and play per se. So it's not, it would be, it would be one thing if we lost Klubnik, um, then I would be an absolute shambles. Um, <laughs> but because he's in there, the class is what it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you see guys like, like Klubnik that, play at like a really high level of football and go crazy. But you also got to account for the fact that their team is also stacked. They're granted, they're playing other teams that are stacked, but um <clears throat> you know Austin Westlake's a football factory. So Yeah, he's got dogs around him. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean his main receiver, Jaden Greathouse, is an absolute stud. Um and not to mention their offensive line is really freaking big for a high school like you know not to take anything away from the fact that he never lost a high school game but you know it's kind of it's kind of like IMG kids you don't really know what to expect it's different when you have Trevor Lawrence out there throwing to a bunch of five six receivers you know or Deshaun Watson who had a good running back but that's that's really it like they're the whole team it's a lot easier for you to stand out that way but 
you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like I said, there's, there's quality, but not quantity. Um, at this point, we still don't have a running back. Um, Trevor Etienne is the preferred guy. Um, but if we don't have him, there's Andrew Paul, who's a low three-star out of Texas. Um, the tape looks really, really impressive. Um, not quite sure why he's ranked where he is or why he doesn't have offers, but it's it's kind of reminiscent to Branson Robinson, like this spring when he was like a three-star and didn't have any offers. And everybody was like, okay, yeah, he's definitely about to blow up. Um and then that's like Demir Gibbs was, was like that too. He was like not hundred yeah, percent. He wasn't rated for shit. No. And he ran for like 19 touchdowns in one game. And they're like, wait, this kid might be five. Yeah. And then he went to that Under Armour All-American game and was just doing everybody up. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. Um, I mean, and that's that's kind of that's kind of how it always goes after the early signing period. Like everybody's dog gets jacked up because there's just not that many options left. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a defensive tackle, Ahmad Moten, he just got bumped to four star status. Um, his teammates committed to Iowa State. Oklahoma's trying to flip both of them right now. Um, it's interesting that he's really the only defensive tackle we've been engaged with since like months, like <laughs> a long time now. Um, <clears throat> and our, our defensive tackles coach, Todd Bates, went and scouted him in person and came back and didn't offer him. So he's going to drop a top five. We're not going to be in it. Um, you know, at linebacker, since we lost Kanick and I guess Deion Saab was kind of a tweener between safety and linebacker. Uh, TJ Dudley is a guy that was committed to Oregon. Um, you know, Clemson was on him pretty heavy until we sort of we sort of moved on. Obviously, we gained some traction with Campbell and Kanick over the summer, so we, he kind of faded off. Um, there's another guy from Thomasville, Georgia, uh, Ty Anderson. That's another late bloomer. The stats are ridiculous. Uh, I haven't watched any tape on him, but, um, you know, at corner and safety, I think is probably, I don't know if we'll take one of each. Um, certainly need to. Uh, right now we're looking at guys that have small power five offers, stuff like that. But, again, their market's going to be driven through the roof because there's just not a lot of options. At defensive end, like I said, I think that's the most pressing one because we're, we're going to lose Xavier Thomas. We're going to lose KJ Henry next year. Obviously, we're going to lose Maskell. Miles um, Murphy is going to go to the league because he's a beast. Um, and we're going to be left with a, a whole lot of nut shit. Um, so we took Jaheim Lawson, who, again, the stats are unreal. Um, but he's just tiny. He's I think he's 6'2", 6'3", like 215 tops soaking wet with with like with some k-swiss or fubu sneakers on (laughs) like even if you put brakes on his feet i don't know if he'd get to 220 but again i don't i don't know if he's gonna be a linebacker like a just a rush in kind of how campbell would be um or if he'll actually grow into a defensive end but he's certainly a project i mean yeah i think i think we're at a point where at this point, we're looking for bodies. You know, you'd like to have some some quality there. You'd like to have guys that were recruited by other decent programs. But, you know, um, it really just – we're going to sign guys to the portal. We're going to have to add some bodies. Um, and then next year's class is going to probably end up being like 30 people. Yeah, y'all are going to have to go crazy next year's class. Which is good and bad because it's like on the one hand, we'll finally expand the offers and, you know, 
get way more aggressive with recruiting. But on the other hand, it's kind of like we're coming off the worst season in a decade. Um, you know, Clemson's not the hot NIL team. So it's kind of like things are not like looking great for us <laughs> trying to go crazy with recruits. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Worst comes so, to worst, y'all need to put that uh, six five kicker y'all got at safety. Six five two twenty five beast. Yes, dude. That's dude, the punter Jackson Smith. Yeah, yes. he's gonna play DN for y'all. <laughs> dude, he's. You know what's crazy about that? That's like a Bradley Pinion, bro. Bradley Pinion was like six six two twenty something out there kicking the ball. I mean, through the roof. I was about to say, you know, he can boot it. He's six five two twenty five. Bro, he has yeah. no excuse. Yeah, and that's the other thing. We got, we got, we got a kicker and a punter, and they're both kind of fly. Like the kicker we got, he tore his ACL during the season. But there's videos of him online kicking the ball from like the twenty five or thirty, like through the uprights on the other side of the field, like on kickoffs. So, oh. you know. <laughs> And he's like he's like five eight, so again, I mean kickers kickers matter. At a, at a, I, I get in recruiting like you you don't know how to evaluate kickers because they all suck. But <laughs> you know, finding a good kicker is very very important. Yeah, um, it sets you so, sets you up for a few years where you don't really have to worry about it. Right, which is why getting BT Potter back is a huge deal for us. Yeah, um, but yeah. Recruiting is fun or not fun. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of middle ground. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I expect us to go into the transport a little bit more, maybe go for uh, a receiver. Yeah, receiver for sure. Maybe an offensive lineman I've heard. Um, I don't know who, uh, but I just heard that's that's something that they would look for, receiver, offensive lineman, and then maybe, maybe like a, a – uh, defensive line of some sort if the right one comes up. So. Um, I just realized uh, Antonio Williams and uh, that guy that you were talking about, the two-star, Jacob, did they go to the same high school? No. No, Irmo, they're, from the, they're, they're both from the same. Irmo, yeah. yeah. Antonio went to <clears throat> Dutch, Dutch Fort. Fork. Yeah, I wanted to say Dutch yeah. Fort, but I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> and then uh, – Eamon Worry went to like Irmo High School or something. I'm pretty sure. Isn't Xavier Short at Irmo High School? Hold up, let me let me see. That's kind of crazy though. But it's also it's also interesting that we went and got two in-state receivers and they were both good. Um yeah, that's uh we but I'm, it sucked that we <clears throat> missed on Antonio Williams. It's okay. Um, his club is gonna gonna throw him the ball all the time. Yeah. You know how devastated I'm gonna be if this Cade Clubnick dude comes in here and it's just like Hunter Johnson all over again. He could like, it's scared. It's you know he has similar they are. Because, he has he has like, just as good a chance to become DJ as he does Trevor. Yeah. Well, no, no. He has, just good a chance he has to be way DJ. more way more chance to be DJ than he <clears> would to be Trevor. Right. Yeah, that's, that's facts. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at uh, AM's class right now. I haven't really looked at it. It's ungodly. They signed everybody. Three, everybody worth having. They got them. Three wide receivers, 
three tight ends. Um, one of those tight ends was the kid from Oconee County, Jake Johnson. Yeah, yeah, him and we just happened to be there. the number one tight end in the country. Yeah, and the, one Casual. of the other tight ends is from Sweden. Oh, he's probably massive. He's got to be six six two thirty. Theodore. Theodore mm-hmm. Orstrom. I thought you were about to say uh, yeah, they went like Skarsgård or something. Yeah, they went. <laughs> they went crazy. Like a hockey name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Brandon Chara Jr. They got four yeah, offensive Sid's, linemen. Sid's obviously not here to talk about Georgia Tech's class, so I guess we won't really get into that because I don't know what I would say about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't really know who they even took, to be honest with you. Yeah, so we'll let him do that at a later date. TBD. Yeah. Um, do we have any anything else we want to go into in the last two minutes? No. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I think we're good. Well, all right. Thanks for listening. That's what we got. Um, Of course, we'll go over, like, the New Year's Six games and all that next week. Uh, We just wanted to cover the South Carolina and Clemson games because might not get the episode out by Wednesday when Clemson plays. But, yeah, there we go. Peace out, everybody.